0: Stairway to Heaven, we're coming to you bringing insights into the ever-changing, high-frequency currents now baiting the planet and their effect on us all, the source of vital information for the evolving human being. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. The Hidden Energetics Driving Addiction Like many disorders, addiction is greatly misunderstood. As with everything else, if we don't consider the energetic component, we don't have the full picture. Addiction is something that tends to run in families, lending to the concept one is genetically predisposed to the disorder. I won't argue there is a genetic component to addiction. There's also the environmental impact of growing up with addictive adults. We tend to learn how to cope with life's stressors by watching our parents. If mom and dad coped with a long stressful day by having too many cocktails every evening before dinner. We grow up seeing that as normal behavior and adopting it. Whether by nature or nurture, alcoholism is a debilitating disease, impacting one in every eight Americans. Though the most recognized alcohol, drugs, both recreational and prescription, are by no means the only addictions plaguing us. There are less obvious addictions like sugar, caffeine, work, spending, sex, rage, gambling, media. And the list goes on. We tend to battle the major substance involved only to trade it for another addiction, but the addictive behavior remains. So, what are the energetic qualities of addiction? As we've covered in prior episodes, we tend to cope with trauma by compartmentalizing it. By the time we reach adulthood, most of us have developed quite a stockpile of neurological compartments containing hazmat. Each of these compartments contain not only unpleasant memories of the original damaging in the incident, but the unprocessed emotions that resulted from the trauma as well. Among these emotions are grief, fear, and anger, with guilt and shame also playing a part. To cope with day-to-day life, we need to avoid these compartments at all costs so we don't run across them at inopportune times and become overwhelmed. Therefore, each compartment has a warning system that alerts us any time we get too close. The message is in the form of seemingly free-floating anxiety. The more compartments we have, the more frequently we're besieged by anxiety. With the increase in ambient frequency we're now experiencing, unity, not compartmentalization, is being supported. As a result, there's more pressure on places that are not unified, a.k.a., Neurological Compartments At higher frequencies, we travel at greater speed. Greater velocity results in traveling the neurological pathways more quickly and encountering hazmat compartments more often than in times past. As the frequency expands, so does the need for increased processing. In the lack of processing, we end up with the aforementioned stockpile of compartments that are off-limits. We now have less and less time to circumvent mental compartments, so we tend to bump into them more often than previously. The result is a marked increase in the frequency of anxiety messages designed to keep us away from hazmat. Soon, we may develop panic attacks, among other debilitating symptoms, which in turn drives many of us to self-medicate. The medications of choice – drugs, alcohol, sugar, work, media, spending, gambling, or whatever our family of origin modeled and was predisposed to. We may also choose our self-medication forms in opposition to our family of origin. For instance, if we suffered growing up with an alcoholic parent, we may avoid alcohol by becoming overachievers. This has the added benefit of making us look successful while keeping us unavailable in our relationships and less likely to be triggered by them. Becoming a workaholic may serve for a while, But as the ambient frequency continues to rise, we're driven to work harder and longer to avoid the dreaded compartments and end up working ourselves to death. Soon our health gives way, and we're forced to slow down, only to have the anxiety overtake us with devastating results. Seemingly successful people often end up with debilitating anxiety and substance abuse issues for this very reason. There are as many renditions of this theme as there are individuals, but the common denominator is the avoidance of unprocessed compartments until there is nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. Adding to the problem is resonance. There is a lot of trauma in the world as old systems fail and chaos ensues. When people around us are traumatized, the frequency of that trauma will resonate with our personal unprocessed trauma and amplify it, causing more anxiety. Frequency is not restricted to location, it impacts a unified field. The frequency of an area is picked up by the toroidal field of the planet and carried throughout. Therefore, we're subject to the trauma frequency of the entire planet, not just that of our locale. When the generalized frequency of trauma impacts us, resonating with our own compartments of stored unprocessed issues, we're immediately taken out of the present and thrown into past trauma. We experience the damage with the same intensity of the original incident, magnified by the resonance with the trauma at large. The entire world is in a giant feedback loop of distress, only part of which is being caused by our personal history or current events. The frequency of trauma tends to force us out of the front brain, where logic, love, spirituality and creativity reside, and into the back brain, where fight or flight prevail. When in fight or flight, the only tools left to us are aggression or avoidance. It's difficult to see clearly while being impacted, making it virtually impossible to distinguish what's really going on. We're also left with few resources to deal with the situation. As another complication, in not recognizing where the anxiety is coming from, we tend to project it onto our future and worry about the disaster that may be coming. Worry creates a matrix at the quantum level for the dreaded event to form around, thus creating that which we fear most, the very future we wish to avoid. Worry also causes anxiety, as if we don't have enough anxiety about things from the past and present, we now add a goodly dose from an imagined future. When we entertain something in our imagination, we greatly increase the possibility of creating it. This habit of projecting anxiety is so universal and pervasive, it's created the world in which we live. How much of our time is spent worrying about and attempting to prevent a future we're unwittingly creating through these very actions? To get away from the stress, we tend to self-medicate in one form or another, lowering our overall frequency and, along with it, our ability to cope with life's challenges. The only antidote is to roll up our sleeves and deal with our personal compartments of trauma. Once these areas of stored hazmat are cleared, they're no longer present to resonate with the suffering at large, whether from the past or the present. This also releases us from having to project trauma onto our future. Sounds great, but if these compartments are hidden and guarded by messages of avoidance, how do we access them in the first place, much less clear them? Know thyself. Paying attention to what's going on through our minds and emotions and comparing our perceptions and reactions to the stimulus at hand is a great starting point. If our feelings, thoughts, and reactions are not proportionate to what's going on around us in the present moment, it's a dead giveaway we're being triggered into into and coming from hazmat compartment. Once we've ascertained that we're triggered Become a detective and uncover what about current events reminds us of the past. As an example, a husband may innocently mention that the gas prices have gone up. If his wife had a punitive, penny-pinching father that begrudged her every ounce of gas it took to drive anywhere, she might interpret the statement from her husband as saying she was driving too much and being wasteful. She would then go into the past feelings of guilt and unworthiness, which would trigger anxiety. This would result in a one-way trip to the back brain, after which she would either stomp off in avoidance or go into a rage and accuse her husband of being penny-pitching, controlling, and selfish. Then the conflict would begin. The wife, overreacting to his statement, might trigger memories of his mother, twisting and misinterpreting everything he said and punishing him for imagined transgressions. He would then aggressively try to defend himself from his wife's false accusations, and the war would begin in earnest. Soon triggers are going off rapid fire like the Fourth of July, both parties are firmly ensconced in the back brain, coming from their pain body, and all communication is lost. If, however, either of them was being self-aware rather than reactionary, they might pick up on the fact that their feelings did not match the present circumstance. This would open the option to simply ask the other person for clarification rather than assume what was intended by the statement based on past experiences. The wife might ask, Do you think I drive too much? This would give the husband the opportunity to clarify. No, not necessarily. The gas prices have simply gone up. Or, if the wife did not catch herself, the husband might say, Honey, I think you misunderstood what I was saying. I was not complaining about your driving habits, just mentioning that the gas prices have gone up. The risk here is that even if one party catches themselves and manages to avoid the trip into Triggerville, the other may be so far gone into fight or flight that they simply cannot hear what's being said. When you consider how many compartments of hazmat we're all dealing with, it's a wonder we communicate it all. That's why self-awareness during times of increasing frequency is so important. Unfortunately, the original trauma may be so intense that it's well buried to the point we can't detect it even when we're trying to be self-aware. This is when it becomes time to seek assistance accessing and processing the events to clear them. There are many modalities that can help with this, such as psychotherapy, EMDR, shamanism, hypnotism, emotional release body work, and so on. Different people tend to do better with some modalities than others, and various issues respond to divergent therapies. Always be sure the practitioner you work with is well-versed in their field with a good personal match. If your practitioner's modality accesses store trauma but doesn't provide counseling or tools for processing, it's wise to engage someone that does. Increasingly, good practitioners are developing a strong referral base that work well as a team stewarding their clients through this process. It's important to pay attention to what's coming up and when. As the collective consciousness is being impacted by increased galactic frequencies, these frequencies will push specific issues to the surface. The triggered issues will resonate with personal stored trauma. This triggering can be used to aid accessing and processing our compartments. Thus, it's always important to pay attention to what I have come to call the issue du jour, and use it to access and clear our personal rendition of the topic. As I observe students and clients, and myself, experiencing similar challenges, it clues me in as to what's moving at the time. The Stairway to Heaven episodes are written to address the predominant triggering frequencies that we're currently being presented with. None of us is an island. We're all in this together. These currents are impacting everyone. That's not to say we can't shut down and isolate ourselves rather than process, but as the pressure continues to build, that approach rapidly becomes a losing proposition. We'll find ourselves experiencing more anxiety, spending more time in the back brain with limited resources, living in past trauma, and engaging addictions to ease the pain. Those of us that choose to undergo our process will free the restrictions that bind us, We then can regain our gifts and talents, and with them, the power to consciously create a new tomorrow. Thank you for joining me, Guilda Wiecka, on The Stairway to Heaven, where we provide updates on the energetic currents facilitating our evolution into conscious, powerful co-creators. As I'm sure you've noticed, not only do The Stairway to Heaven episodes stand alone, but they weave together to form a map to evolution and personal empowerment as we enter the new era. To revisit this or any of our past episodes, visit our archives at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, my school, and the evolutionary tools we offer, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. Until next time, may you be blessed on your sacred path to wholeness. We are here. The time is now.